0: Welcome to the Tardigrade Project. I'm your host, Sophie Chen. On here, we discuss stories of resilience, perseverance, and hope against ignorance, hate, and even violence. Today's episode will be focusing on a topic that's more personal for me, and if you're a Philadelphia or Washington DC area resident, this may be familiar for you too. So, I didn't grow up in the city, but I've lived in my house in a suburb outside Philadelphia for almost my entire life. My family moved there when I was two years old, and my parents made it a point not to move my brother and I as we got older because they didn't want to disrupt our schooling, routine, or way of life. My childhood is marked with catching fireflies in the cool night of the Pennsylvania summers, making snow angels in the backyard during the winters, and the steady clutter of trinkets that accumulate over 18 years of living in the same room in the same house. I can't imagine being uprooted and thrown into a new environment to adjust to. For residents of Washington, D.C.'s Chinatown, this is ultimately what happened as they were chased out of the city one way or another, and it is a very real possibility of being repeated in Philadelphia's Chinatown soon. If you've never been to Washington, D.C.'s Chinatown, don't get your hopes up. The entire span encompasses merely two blocks, and most of the traditional restaurants and bakeries have been replaced with American food chains that carry Chinese translations. The biggest indicator besides Chinese characters is the giant Friendship Arch on H Street, and if you look closely, you can still see spot markers of the Chinese zodiac on the sidewalk bricks. However, Chinatown wasn't always so westernized and small. According to a 1960 census, almost 2,000 people lived in Chinatown by the late 1950s. By the early 1970s, however, an overwhelming majority had moved out to the suburbs. There isn't a definitive cause of this shift, but some notable events that pushed Chinese populations out of the city included construction of the Federal Triangle Government Complex and other projects in the 1930s, growing violence towards Asian communities during the Civil Rights Movement in the late 1960s, and finally the construction of the Capital One Arena in 1997. Construction of various government complexes in the 1930s initially started Chinese movement out to the suburbs due to negative economic impact, but many residents continued to stay and adapt and Chinatown would reach its peak around the 1950s to 60s. Following the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., however, riots began frequently breaking out. The film Through Chinatown's Eyes, a documentary by Penny Lee, follows this period of unrest and a former Chinatown resident, Tom Chin, remembers that, quote, "...there were always tensions between blacks and whites. I always felt like Chinese Americans were in the middle." Chin recalls the day of the riot. "...my dad had a laundry and so we had a big glass window, and I remember just hearing a crash at night. Somebody had thrown a brick through my dad's window. We were just kids. I was just 18. It was frightening." Most Chinese-American businesses and families were not directly targeted, and Chin's family's experience was not the typical. Some recall African-American neighbors helping prevent looters from ransacking Chinese-owned businesses. However, in a society with caste, if you don't belong to the dominant caste, in our case the white developers and businessmen who stood to gain from the destruction of African-American and Chinese property, you feel the effects anyways in some form or another. In the words of Isabel Wilkerson in her book, *Cast: The Origins of Our Discontents, a world without caste would set everyone free. Another resident, Harry Chow, explains, quote, My father was uncomfortable after the riots. We didn't know how to fit in. He didn't feel safe anymore, so he thought about moving to Maryland, end quote. And that's what happened for many Asian businesses, restaurants, and landowners as they moved out to the suburbs, taking their culture with them so that it may continue on, if not in the city, then at least safely in the suburbs. The 1997 construction of the Capital One Arena, a sports and entertainment arena, was the final marker of the Chinese American struggle to hold on to Washington, D.C. As property values increased, many Chinese restaurant and business owners were forced to sell, close, or move their businesses out of the city. Harry Chow recalls, It became so expensive to live and run shops that the mom-and-pop Chinese grocery stores that used to cater to the Chinese community could no longer afford it. They're gone and people have moved to the suburbs. Nowadays, Chinatown in Washington, D.C. is only a fraction and a distant memory of what it once was. Some have chalked it up to an unfortunate timing of events, coupled with the eventual decrease of Chinese residents in the DC area. This isn't a thing of the past or a one-time event, though. It was a calculated displacement of people and it's something happening right now in Philadelphia. Developers want to build a $1.5 billion basketball stadium for the 76ers, Philadelphia's professional basketball team, 6 inches away from Philly-Chinatown's southern border. The 76ers currently play in Camden, New Jersey, but their lease expires in 2031 and they're looking to move downtown. The plan would demolish part of the Fashion District Mall and a former Greyhound bus station and build on top of Jefferson Station, a regional rail hub. 28 of 30 NBA teams already have downtown arenas and the 76ers want to join them. For Philadelphia Chinatown residents, this is not the first attempt at a land grab. Inhabitants recall fending off a proposed baseball stadium for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2000, and again defending against a proposed casino in 2008. This new plan, however, poses a bigger threat than the past two instances. Arena supporters argue that the construction will promise to create jobs and increase revenue for Philadelphia, one of the nation's poorest big cities. The idea was first proposed in July of 2022, and the latest version to the City Planning Council was presented earlier this month, January 2024. Sherelle Parker took office this month as Philadelphia's 100th and first female mayor, and construction unions are one of her biggest supporters. Ms. Parker told the New York Times that she would prioritize the community citywide, not a specific neighborhood, in making a decision. Quote, You can't have a project with that potential as it relates to an economic impact and not hear the voices from people in our city," she said. David J. Adelman, a billionaire part owner of the 76ers who chairs the 76 DevCo development team, promises to keep the adjacent neighborhoods in mind during construction, emphasizing that development will not result in a repeat of Washington, D.C. or even St. Louis, Missouri, where Chinatown was wiped out completely. In November, at a community forum, he said, quote, What happened in DC was horrible, should never have happened, and will not happen here. End quote. However, urban planners beg to differ. Dominic Vitello, a city planning and urban studies professor at the University of Pennsylvania, said countless studies have concluded that sports projects have not revitalized downtowns as Mr. Adelman and other developers are promising the city council. Quote, This is the consensus among honest, independent experts, not the consulting firms hired by teams in cities to justify investments that end up harming cities and communities, said Mr. Vitello, who has written about the planned destruction of Chinatowns in North America. Chinatown's core area spans seven blocks, with over 3,000 residents living in the surrounding areas spanning 20 city blocks. Over 90% of business owners, residents, and visitors to Philadelphia's Chinatown oppose the arena. Common concerns include traffic congestion, increased rent, displaced residents and businesses, and the destruction of Chinatown's cultural character. Residents and activists are working tirelessly to organize protests, petitions, and spread the word about harmful effects that constructing the stadium would have. The current logo of the No Arena Chinatown movement is emblazed with red English letters and Chinese characters. It originally said No Stadium in Chinatown to combat the 2000s Philly Stadium and was updated in 2008 when stadium was crossed out and replaced with casino. Now it has been repurposed in 2023 to display arena. One logo that has been repurposed three times, crossing out a different threat each time to remind developers and residents of the repeated attack towards Chinatown. Deborah Wei, a 66-year-old educator who co-founded the community group Asian Americans United in the 1980s, has lived through all three of the threats to Chinatown. I don't know what is next, she says. I'm a frequent visitor of Chinatown, Philly myself and I could probably give you 10 different food recommendations based on what mood you may be in or the time of day. When I was in DC, I had to walk out of Chinatown to a nearby American cafe just to grab a coffee and a pastry since there weren't any Asian bakeries left. In Philly, the restaurants are family-owned businesses, often with names that are Chinese characters translated into English pinging, like David's Mei Lei Wa, which is pronounced in Chinese as Mei li Hua, or a beautiful place. In DC, I didn't see many actual Chinese restaurants, mostly American restaurants with a Chinese character translation. For example, the American salad chain, Chopped, had characters reading Shala, which literally translates into chopped salad. I really like this analogy that Isabel Wilkerson uses about owning an old house. You may not have constructed it or contributed to its deterioration, but if you own and live in it, that maintenance, protection, and upkeep is your responsibility. For Philadelphia, maybe you're not of Asian descent or you've just moved to the city. Maybe you've lived here your whole life and are very active in the community. Regardless of your connection, this is all our city and, by extension, our community. In order to move forwards, we have to look back at the past. Look at what happened in Washington, D.C. A hundred years of history condensed to a two-block strip of Americanized restaurants and shops. If you look back even farther, you'll see St. Louis, whose Chinatown, known as Hop Alley, doesn't even exist anymore because the area was turned into a parking lot for Bush Stadium, home of the St. Louis Cardinals. America's notion of diversity and freedom hinders on the idea that some groups of people are expendable. I don't think it's a coincidence that Chinatowns across the US are all in danger of displacement or development. We've seen this with the indigenous people in America, and we continue to see this with African American communities as gentrification continues to push people out of their homes. Chinatown is much more than just a food destination or a photo opportunity. It serves as a reminder of the resilience of the Chinese people and how they've turned something great from years of racism and xenophobia. While we can't go back and reverse what happened to St. Louis's Hop Alley or Washington, D.C., it's not too late to save Chinatown, Philadelphia. Think of all the food, culture, and history at risk of being wiped out permanently. Is this the kind of pattern we want to see, a trail of destruction for marginalized communities as wealthier businesses and developers move in, a pattern that is so inherently American to its core? Instead, we can hear the stories of those who lost their battles so that we may be reminded why we need to fight back against the greater war. History is happening as we speak, and it's up to every one of us whether we want to continue the cycle of destruction or speak up and enact change. Hopefully, there will be many more days of walking into an Asian bakery and ordering a pastry, and less days learning about the good old days of Chinatown from a history textbook. If you'd like to learn more about this topic head to the show notes to check out some suggested supplementary material similarly visit the gallery to view photos referenced in the show and if you'd like to get involved the easiest step is to sign the petition in support of chinatown source material for this episode will also be available on our website support for the tardigrade project comes from klein goes rocking the world i'm your host sophie chen thanks for listening